Good morning, ECC. It is good to be with you this morning. You know, I think I can be one of the first to officially say hindsight is now actually 2020, isn't it? I can pause for laughs or for groans, and you can thank Pastor Kurt for sharing that joke with us this morning. This morning, I am sharing with you from my home because that's right, I am at home. I have actually tested positive for COVID, so I'm quarantined and sharing my sermon through video this morning. My symptoms have been mild, similar to a cold, and my biggest symptom is that I can't really smell anything. We're waiting on test results for Glenn, my husband, though we know he's likely to be positive as well. And we think the kids also have some symptoms, but we're thankful because we're all experiencing pretty mild cases so far. Later in the service, we're going to share a video where Pastor Jordan and I will lead you through a teaching communion liturgy. I wanted to note that we recorded this prior to Christmas Eve when I wasn't sick. You won't see us wearing masks in the video because we wanted you to be able to hear us clearly, but at church we have all been wearing masks and distancing as much as possible. All the recordings where I'm included since I've been diagnosed have been done safely from my home. What a year it's been, huh? This is my current reality, but that's not where I want to focus this morning. I'd love to spend time with all of you, dwelling in God's word and opening ourselves up to what God might have to say to us this morning in this new year, 2021. Will you pray with me as we start our time together? Gracious God, we thank you that you are here with us. We ask that you would dwell in this space and in this time. Speak your words clearly and give us ears to listen. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's dive into our passage this morning. Sound good? I want you to think back on a journey you've taken in your lifetime. Who traveled with you? Where did you go? How did you get there? How long did it take to travel? Why were you going? In today's Bible reading, Jesus' parents are on a journey with their family. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus have been traveling with others from Nazareth to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. In the Old Testament, God's people were commanded to travel to Jerusalem three times a year for religious feasts. But at this point in time, it was common for families to just make one trip a year because many were traveling from so far away. Mary, Joseph, Jesus, and their family had about 80 miles to travel by foot, which could have taken anywhere from three to five days of journeying. Luke moves us through this narration quickly so that he can get to his message. In less than three verses, the family travels to Jerusalem, celebrates the feast, and then begins the trip home. And then, it's every parent's nightmare, right? Their only child gets left behind, and they don't realize it for a full day. We hear different explanations as to why this might be so, but my family and I were watching another story this week, and I was reminded just how easily something like this can happen. You see, kids, you're going to know this one. In a little movie called Home Alone, the same thing happens to Kevin McAllister. A rushed departure, 
families traveling together with lots of kids, a wandering neighbor child, a miscount on the headcount, it can happen. And when you've got parents in first class and kids in coach, you know, you may be halfway across the ocean to Paris before you realize that you left a kid in the attic. Now, Mary and Joseph and Jesus' departure from Jerusalem probably wasn't quite as hectic as the scene in Home Alone. But for whatever reason, they have journeyed for a day before they realize that Jesus is not with them. They look among their traveling group, and when Jesus isn't there, they head back to Jerusalem. The Bible says that three days pass. We're not sure if it's three days from when they started heading home or three days since they realized that Jesus was missing, but after three days, they find Jesus. Where? In Luke 2, verse 46, it says he was in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And here, we're getting to the heart of Luke's story. Before we dive further, though, I wanted to share our good news statement for today. Our good news is this. When we sit in God's presence, God meets us and reveals himself to us. When we sit in God's presence, God meets us and reveals himself to us. We're going to hear how Jesus sat in God's presence. Coming out of this temple experience, Jesus spoke words that revealed his identity and his purpose. We're going to hear how Mary sat in God's presence. Often, the things that God reveals to Mary leave her spending more time in God's presence. They're difficult to understand. Rather than demand answers, though, Mary holds these revelations and she's driven to further sit with God. Let's get back to the heart of Luke's story. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2, verses 47 through 49. Remember, Jesus' parents have found him sitting in the temple courts with the teachers. As they find Jesus there, we read that everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? I want to point out some of the ways Luke constructs this story to give it further meaning. These ideas come from the different commentaries I've read, but you should know that Luke definitely writes with a purpose and an intention. The way he structures his stories lead you to the points he wants you to see. First, let's look at Mary's question. She says, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. You can hear the mom voice, huh? Your father and I have been looking for you. And Jesus' response, he says, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Now, while Mary names Jesus' earthly mother and father, Jesus switches the meaning of the word father to his heavenly father. They both use the word father, but in different ways. 
We see in this passage that Jesus knows his relationship with God. Jesus knows his work is from God. Jesus has a relationship with God deeper than anything anyone has ever seen before. God is not distant to Jesus. God and Jesus are intimately connected as a father and a son. And Jesus, as we'll hear throughout his life, has come to invite us all into this type of relationship with God. Jesus has come so that we too can all be called children of this God. If we look beyond this section, though, we'll also see that Luke is weaving a story and a revelation together all throughout chapter 2. In this chapter, we hear three different voices name who Jesus is and who he has come to be. In Luke 11, an angel tells shepherds in a field that today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Luke uses an angel's voice to tell us that Jesus is the Messiah. Now in Luke 2, verses 30 to 32 that we heard last week, a prophet named Simeon tells Mary and Joseph that this six-week-old baby Jesus is the Holy One that they have been waiting for. Simeon says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And in today's passage, Jesus himself names his relationship to God as a father-son relationship. When Jesus says, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Luke uses these first recorded words of Jesus in his gospel to show us that Jesus knew he was the son of God. And Jesus had come to do the Father's will. Jesus is not only in the temple, which is what we think of when we think of the Father's house, but Jesus also recognizes that it is imperative for him to do the Father's work and be about the Father's business. All of these ideas are tied up in his question, didn't you know I had to be in my Father's house? Jesus needed to be present with God, but he also needed to be doing the work of God. Now this Messiah, as named by the angel, and this salvation, as named by Simeon, and this Son of God, as named by Jesus himself. It's so much more than anyone was expecting. What will God's purpose be in this Jesus? How? Will God bring about redemption? How will people respond to him? Now, it seems like there would be many ways to make this a prescriptive story for us today. If we were looking for the main point for our modern day lives, we could have a number of different takeaways. It might be, parents, mind your kids. Make sure that you pay attention to them and don't leave them behind. You have to be attentive. Or we could point to the importance of raising kids in a household of faith. Jesus was raised in a household of faith, and they brought him along to the temple. It is important to be raising our kids to know and follow God. Or 
we could take another point out of the story. We could say it says, kids, you need to be obeying your parents. Teenagers, you shouldn't rebel. Jesus didn't rebel. He went home with mom and dad. Follow his example. Or we could say it points to giving sacrificially. Jesus' family took the time to go to the temple. We should also give of our lives in service to God. Now, while these things aren't wrong, I am going to suggest that this morning we don't look for the moral of the story. Luke was a master storyteller. What was he inviting us to do as he crafted the story for us? He built up all of these events in the first two chapters of Luke to lead us to this point where Jesus names himself as the Son of God. And what does Luke tell us that Mary does? In Luke 2, verse 51, we read, But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Those are familiar words, right? Mary had a similar reaction after the shepherds visited her with the newborn Jesus. After the shepherds told her all the things the angel had said about her child. In Luke 2, chapter 19, we read, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I want to suggest today that our invitation is to respond in the way that Mary responded in the midst of her life with Jesus. The invitation to us today is the same, to ponder the story, to marvel at who Jesus really was, to sit with the idea of what Jesus came to do, to listen for Jesus' voice to speak in the midst of all the chaos around us, to wrestle with how we respond to Jesus' call on our lives. Again, this is our good news. When we sit in God's presence, God meets us and reveals himself to us. I know that's not easy. It's rarely quiet in my house. I'm recording this actually after the kids have gone to bed because I know it's not going to be quiet when they're awake. But this week, we have some special times set aside, and we hope you take advantage of them to sit and to be with God. First of all, during this worship service today, Pastor Jordan and I are going to be leading you through a communion liturgy. It's slower and more detailed than we would typically do because it's a teaching communion. I invite you to bring all of your family in the room together to sit and ponder the meaning and the message we find in communion together. To sit and ponder how God is present with us in communion. There will, be also, there will also be ways for you to interact with each other during communion, and that teaching is going to take place right after this message. I encourage you to use that as a time to sit with God. Second, this week is a week of prayer at ECC. You can find the details at ecclife.net slash connect. Just look for the week of prayer 2021 button. If you click on that, you're going to find a number of different opportunities for you to sit in prayer with God this week. You can sign up for an email each day from January 3rd through the 9th. The email will include scripture, a short devotion, 
a guided breath prayer and a beautiful image for us to provide a sacred space to be still with Jesus. Now, if you'd rather be in prayer with people, at a set time each day, you can follow the link for a 10 to 15 minute prayer Zoom that will happen on noon each day from January 3rd through 9th. We'll have pastors and directors leading prayer with a chance for you to type any requests into the chat. Or at the same link, the week of prayer 2021, you can also sign up to be part of a 24 hour prayer vigil on January 9th and 10th. You choose a half hour block of time to devote yourself to prayer and a guide is provided. Now next week, Pastor Stacy is going to invite you on a journey of transformation. We'll begin a series on the good and beautiful life, on following God and living God's kingdom life in the here and now. Before we start on that journey, I invite you to spend some time sitting with God this week. Sit and ponder just as Mary did. I do believe that God We'll meet you there. Thanks for sharing this time with me this morning. And may God bless you as we go into our communion service.